Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. So, if I were to ask you a question, what what is your modality? How would you answer that? Now, I know modality isn't maybe the kitchen table kind of conversation that y'all have, and and it it would serve us to put some context to that, the idea of a modality. Um, from my perspective, a lot of times we have authors here on the show or coaches or counselors, and they might have a particular style or modality that they use to help others or to help themselves. The uh, um, like Reiki might be a modality. Past life regression might be a modality. Um, psychiatry might be a modality. So, what would your modality be? I don't know that I have a modality, you might be thinking. I Do I need a modality? Are we supposed to have it? No, 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 no. There's no supposed to on this show. <laughs> There's 8 billion people on the planet. I'm sure modality never comes up in a whole lot of those lives. But the, the reason I ask is... Uh, when we become more conscious about who we are and what we do and why we do what we do, when we become more conscious of that, I think that serves us very well to to be more aware of our intent, to be more aware of our actions. I'm excited about tonight's show. The topic of tonight's show is your guide to self-discovery, and our guest tonight is Georgina Cannon, and we're we're going to bring her on in just a minute. She's been on our show before, and tonight we're talking about her latest book, Your Guide to Self-Discovery, 20 Ways to Find the True You. So the true you, I mean, maybe that's what I was kind of hitting at with the notion of a modality. Um, Maybe we could stretch that term to be a vocational description. You're an engineer, you're a teacher, you're a, you know, I don't want to put too fine of a, a grip on it, but just the notion of, of how you, how you live your life, uh, who you are, and, and and how you show up in that context. I want to thank the the listeners. Uh, Australia and India and and Norway are upticking yet again, and I appreciate you, the listener. I I. I try very hard to bring episodes that have content that help you more fully embody your potential and your purpose. So thank you, the the audience. This is why I do what I do. 
I think we should get to it because our guest tonight has a lot of experience and expertise, and it'd be wonderful to hear from her. Again, the topic is your guide to self-discovery. As far back as we can track, humans have been have had a fascination with different forms of understanding themselves, divining and defining who we are through signs and symbols. In the earliest of days, throwing bones or stones, astrology, palmistry, and the magic of numbers. In the 20th century, Carl Jung defined us into archetypes which led to the corporate use of Meyer Briggs, the plethora of personality tests online, and the millions of followers of astrologers tell us that this curiosity isn't waning, not even in these times of artificial intelligence. So why not give this audience the tools they hunger for all in one place? Your Guide to Self-Discovery contains reader interactive chapters from experts around the world on subjects like numerology, past life, karma, neuro-linguistic programming, animal spirit guides, dreams, family consternations, and more. Our guest tonight is an author, speaker, and founder of Canada's largest hypnosis school and clinic. Georgina is a neuro-linguistic program master, timeline practitioner, past life and inner life regression therapist, and accredited instructor for the National Guild of Hypnosis, the Medical and Dental Hypnotherapy Association, and on the board of the International Board of Regression Therapies. She is also an award-winning instructor for hypnosis at the University of Toronto School of Continuing Studies. She is recognized by many in the media as the source for expert opinion in the field of hypnotherapy and issues around complementary wellness treatment. She specializes in enabling clients to achieve major life changes, healing personal and emotional issues, and she fills facilitates past life and between life research and regression sessions. Join me in welcoming her on the show. Welcome to the show, George Gina. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. And thank you for inviting me. This is exciting. <laughs> you've, you've really compiled a, quite a collage of uh, uh modalities, so to speak, of of like tools. I see them as tools in the toolbox that um, we can we can explore to see what resonates with us. A lot of times when people kind of spiritually wake up, uh, the realm of quote spirituality unquote can seem uh, like a new and uncharted frontier and in your book kind of brings some context to that so so people can kind of explore what resonates with them what made you uh accumulate these 20 ways to find the true you well it started when i realized i was talking to a client in the clinic at one point and realized what they were telling me about themselves 
really had all come from what their parents had told them about them. Because at one point I said, yes, but what do you think about that? Not what your parents said or your teacher said, but what do you think about that? And they sort of looked at me and said, "Um, well, I always thought it was the same. Um, I said, but what do you think now? And then it hit me that that's most of us. Most of us have created uh, an idea of who we are by what society tells us we are and what our parents in school have told us that we are. And it isn't necessarily true. We're much wider and deeper and complex than we are told because what we're told is only on the surface, what other people see or experience. And as you know, everybody experiences somebody differently. So I decided that I'd look for experts in different modalities. And because I didn't only want to work with uh, people who were so-called spiritual, I wanted to bring in some other modalities that were more, um, some ancient, some contemporary. So I went for science in the way of um, birth order, um, uh, NLP, uh, then Carl Jung with his archetypes. So I rounded up and curated, if you like, the idea of um, 18 experts that you wouldn't normally get in one room and asked them if they would write a chapter that was easy to read, informative, fun, that could encourage the reader to use their modality to find out more about themselves. So they could really if you like, draw a new map of who they really were from all angles. So we have everything from numerology to dreams uh, to emotional intelligence, which, by the way, is a big thing now in in corporate. As you know, they are now hire for emotional intelligence, Um, astrology, hand reading, and and what type of creative person you are, because there's four different types of creativity. Um, where you belong in your family constellation. And then the more spiritual stuff, like your uh, animal guide, your spiritual guide, your past lives, um, how you meet your angels, um, how you open your Akashic records, how you read your aura, and what you do when you read it. So all of this plus more, And at the end of each chapter, the reader is encouraged to answer some questions about what they just learned and and go inside and say, oh, that's me or that's not me or I wonder how this is for me. And at the end of the book, they put it all together and they introduce themselves to their new self. So it's, um, so my name is Les and I am, and you give your number and that which tells me that my strengths are this. And I discovered that my archetype, my key archetypes are this. So therefore I am, and it tells you more. So you're digging, you're, it's almost like you're giving yourself an archaeological dig if you, <laughs> and, and discovering artifacts about yourself you had ignored or taken for granted or hadn't used before. And it is exciting. I'm getting some wonderful comments from readers. Um, someone said it's like having a personal coach sitting next to you. Uh, and 
it's just a fun, but I didn't want it to be heavy, so it's fun. And uh, yeah, that's so that's why I did it. So long answer to a short question. No problem. <laughs> no problem. I I really uh, I was excited to have you on the show to 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 look at this collage. You know, we were talking before the show started how you've studied under uh, um, Michael, Michael. Mm-hmm. about um, the soul before it incarnates and. Yes. And, you know, when I look at my own uh, life path, I was born into a really strict Mormon household in a small town in Utah. And it was kind of like a Twilight Zone episode. It it was kind of weird because a small town in Mormon Utah was, I mean, 95 or higher percentage of the population was pretty staunch Mormon. And so I could ask the butcher or the school teacher or the policeman the same question, and they'd always give me the same answer. It was like one mind, one one perception, yeah. and and it's like my soul chose that dynamic um, to get me to ask every question. It's like, wait a minute, wait, we can't all have the same perception, and. So my soul kind of chose to incarnate into the opposite scenario. And I really pushed against that saying, come on, we've got to have an opinion here. What What's going on? And that, that uh, dynamic of being polar opposite, like, like now I love to ask questions and I want to know the the dirt. I want to, I want to lift up the proverbial rock and and see what's hiding in the shadows. And I don't, I don't think that would have been brought out of me had I not been put in such a uh, polarized environment. So what I like about your book is I think many of, of us in the last couple of years have been, kind of pushed up against our shadow, pushed up against our our um, narrative of our life up to now. And it's because our soul intends us to set a new course or a new direction. And your, mm-hmm. book, your book can accommodate that with this, this inventory of, of potentials that people can, can use. When you look at your own uh, dynamic and and what you would look as as your life path so far, were you aware of it right off the top, or is this some um, is this something that grew as as you evolved through your life? No, no, I had a very difficult childhood. I had a brutal mother, an absent father because she threw him out. Um, I left school at fifteen and started work at fifteen. Uh, I had a very difficult childhood. It took me a while to uh, move from victim to writing my own story. And like everybody who has passed through the fire, if you like, I had had some helping hands along the way, there's no question. And some angels, if you like, earth angels. Um, But I I think... To go back to to what you were saying, I don't think it's necessarily that we uh, have a shadow side. I think sometimes there's nothing. We just accept what we're given as who we are. 
And I think that is almost worse. It's not worse, but it's it's equally unhelpful. Oh, I see. It's just a nothingness. So we are what we are. Like you grew up in an environment that told you who you are, how to think, what to do. Um, Everything was prescribed, including probably how you dress, um, both inside and outside. (laughs) And um, so there was no room left for self-discovery, adventure, exploration, expansion. and for people who try, or civilizations that try to control you, that word expansion, either from the soul level or from the physical, real life experience, expansion is, is scary because they know that people expand and create and learn, then they won't necessarily follow the crowd. Right. So it's, so, so it's almost so, like a, a, a you're living a monologue, uh, yeah, an, accept, exactly. an accepted monologue, and, exactly. and your parents see you that way, and you see you that way, and your friends right. see you that way, and mm-hmm. and everything's in agreement, so it's easy to believe the monologue as perhaps the only truth. But it's also easy. It's easier than, than breaking out. It takes a lot of courage to break away a lot of courage because you're going from what is you've known since birth or even pre-birth and, and going into the unknown, but you know, you have to do something. You don't know what it is, but you have to do something. And that takes a huge amount of courage and we shouldn't underestimate that. At least I don't. Well, so if I'm a listener to this show and I'm in a tough spot and maybe I'm, you know, I whatever, uh, my husband gets drunk and beats the crap out of me every night and I don't have a job of my own and I've got these kids and I feel stuck and if I leave, I'm hopeless in my mind. I mean, what what could you tell somebody in that situation or what seeds of of change or inspiration would come to mind? Well, I do have clients like that. And what I tell them, particularly if they have children, I say, make sure your children know that you love them. And make sure that they know that you're the safe haven in that house. And fortunately, we now have the Internet. So do what you can to learn something new that can help you um, make a living. And take your time. Do it very carefully and slowly. But make a plan to leave and find somewhere to live, whether it be a shelter or whatever it is, taking the kids with you and pets if you have them. And then you've got some learning under your belt that you can go to work. Because the worst thing is having to depend on someone else to eat, to feed your children, to feed yourself. So you can take classes whether you're going to be an administrative assistant or whatever you're going to do, or a remote assistant or whatever, as long as you've got some learning and you can go somewhere. But take your time, but plan it, own it, own it. Take your time very carefully, plan it, and uh, just disappear one afternoon or one morning uh, when you can with the children. Everything's packed and out you go. 
to a shelter or a place that you've rented or whatever and just go. Let the police know if, if it's appropriate for you um, to do that, that you probably need protection. Uh, you won't if you go to a shelter. But have something with you that you didn't have before that allowed you to get into that relationship. So that something will be an education of some sort, however basic that you can earn a living, whether it's working in retail or whatever it is. Well, And then you'll feel better. Well, I like, you know, the internet came up a couple of times, one for education uh-huh. and one as an employment opportunity. I mean, if, yes. if you have a, you could even go to the library and, and, and offer remote uh, assistance. Like there's like, I think yes. free up and other. Exactly. exactly. Um, so you learn a skill and then you go put your shingle out. Yeah. And, uh, and so even if, even if your wheelhouse, so to speak, is small, the Internet can provide, you, provide yeah. you. I like that. Is well, it going to be easy? No, it's not going to be easy. But where you are right now is hard. So I say to my clients, get to choose your hard. It's hard where you are and it's hard where you're going to be, at least to start with, and getting there. So choose your hard. Which hard do you want? Nice. No, it's hard. But choose your heart. I like that. Now, the, since since you work with people, have you noticed a difference in kind of the the narrative or the story of your clients after these last couple of years? Has there been kind of a common theme in people as far as um, what has come up in their life and what they might be struggling with? Yeah, a lot of people are struggling with fear. Fear of loss, fear of loss of job, fear of loss of of self, of identity, uh, fear of, of what's happening in their country, uh, fear of of strangers, um, uh, which is I, I don't understand, but a lot of people have a fear of strangers because of the refugee situation. Um, it's a lot of fear, and it's being in the air somehow, and I don't know whether. It's um, part of the change of the dynamic of the vibration of the earth because it's going up, as you know, the vibration is getting higher. We are moving to a different dimension and there's always um, some uncertainty around change. But the soul, we have to remember that the soul is still there and you came, you incarnated into this time to prove that you can weather the storm, to prove that you can do this that you have what it takes to move through it and make the choice for you. That's why it's so important to find out who you are and what your strengths are, because then you can work with your strengths. Half the time, we don't know what our strengths are. How resilient are you, for instance? Then use your resilience. How creative are you? And creative doesn't mean you paint or write. It might, it means that you're uh, an unusual or, a wonderful problem solver in a way that nobody else thought of. So it's important to know who you are and what you stand for. If you know who you are and what you stand for, what your values are and live them, then nothing really sideswipes you. You're comfortable in your skin and you can weather the storm. I like that. Well, you yourself shared how difficult your childhood was. And yeah. so many people I've had on this show 
have kind of a similar story where they, I mean, they were in the thick of this karmic tsunami, so to speak. They were in this, I mean, and it's like we walk out of the storm and we we find our bearings and our our wherewithal and our sense of self and we shake ourselves off like a wet dog and we then we turn around and go back into the storm grounded and centered in our truth with an open heart as a vehicle of compassion and and enter a life of service so to speak yeah because we have an understanding we have an appreciation yeah and um, but we have to be very careful not to be a know-it-all. And when I say this to my students when I teach, because I teach at the university, uh, I, I say this to my students, because you've learned this, don't assume you have the answer. Don't assume that you have the way your clients or patients should do this or live their life or make the change. They know. We are only, we're like, an usher in the cinema or the theater, if you like. We're just showing them to their seat. Then they do it. We help them find the way and they do it. But it's their way, their timing. Everybody's different. Everybody moves at a different pace and everybody has their own um, view of success. So be careful, you know, when you've found your own um, experience and change yourself. Don't become a know-it-all. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it does uh, happen sometimes. It uh, well, I've I've had so many guests on this show, and and I've learned to not think that I know anything about them until they share it. Um, no matter what their profile says, no matter what their you know, it's like uh, some guests have just floored me, and I I just didn't see it coming. And uh, I've learned that the most powerful powerful thing I can do is listen. Well, mm-hmm. well, now the now your book with twenty ways to find the true you. If we talk about a a, a modality or a process, I mean, so so I'm. Uh, as as a listener, I'm I'm I've spiritually awakened and I've I've kind of come around and I have a bigger sense of self. How can modalities um, serve us um, to to heal and transform our sense of self? Well, for instance, if you are self-aware, which is great. Excuse me, I'm going to cough for a second. Mm-hmm. If you and you are that self-aware, that's terrific. But you have dreams, but you don't know what these dreams mean, particularly if they're dark dreams. And sometimes that can be a little worrying. But the wonderful thing is that Kelly Sullivan Waldron explains your dreams and tells you how to understand your dreams, including the ones that are dark, and how to turn that around. So you can use it as a tool. All of these are tools. You know, I'm not woo-woo at all about past lives or life between lives or anything. It's a tool to make this life better. And that's what this book is. It's a book of tools to make this life better. So whether you learn to read your hands, which is exciting and, and 
turned out to be really uncannily true. I got Lisa Greenfield to read my hands over the Zoom. She was uncanny about it, uncannily right on. Or whether it's uh, astrological signs or whether it's about past lives or karma or your archetypes. It just tells you more about who you are and the tools that you have to use to make your life richer, fuller, more juicy, more fun, <laughs> and able to withstand the winds of change because there's a big lot of winds of change coming up. Very nice. Well, uh, a lot of times our our soul ha- has an intention for our life, and we might not be aware of that or savvy to that. And like you're talking about dreams and past life regression and, and some of these modalities can kind of uh, give us a, a bigger perspective or a different vantage point of our lives and perhaps the reasons to our lives. I mean, I was sharing before we came on the, about my father and for decades I had no understanding of the gifts that he had for me. And and it took that higher perspective to put things in context to have them make more sense. When yeah. when we talk about these uh, modalities, um, they're they're really kind of portals or perhaps vehicles of understanding that transcends our linear thinking mind, so to speak. Does that make sense? Absolutely. What they are, they're, they're ways in, different, as you said, portals, the different accesses to the different parts of you. If you think of yourself as a jigsaw puzzle, each piece is different, but they fit together. But what's the picture? So you get to really look at each piece, whereas before you start looking more closely at yourself, you just see the picture. But the picture isn't really you, it's what society has said you are. But you're looking at each piece and you're saying to yourself, how do I handle my relationships? What are the patterns that I've had um, that don't work? And, And why don't they work? And whether it be in business or lovers or family, it's always a discord around me somehow. What is it? And there's a way to find out. So whether that way to find out is by going into your past lives and seeing if there's a pattern there, because a past life journey is a tool. See if there's a pattern that you brought in with you that you can change or life between lives, if that's a soul um, journey that you have to take to learn the lesson or whether in fact it's something you learned in this lifetime but you, once you recognize it, like any issue, once you recognize it, you can change it. So that's the whole point of, of uh, this book, is getting you to recognize the parts of you that you can use and the parts that you can let go that don't serve you well anymore. Right. Well, and I, I know the there's no hard, fast rules as far as, like, the the ego is concerned. In other words, um, your soul can have an intention for this life, and and, <laughs> and 
they roll the dice and boom, you're born. And then the, the ego shows up. And like, I mean, for example, my heart and my soul were telling me to write a book and my ego would have none of that. I mean, there's nothing that guarantees that we're going to live out our life purpose. I mean, we can have the proverbial cosmic two by four crack us upside the head, but the free will of the ego can kind of evade and skirt the the more challenging or adventurous ideas of what our soul had in mind. What what I like about this book is you talked about the kind of like a monologue or a, a singular sense of self where your parents, yourself, your friends all saw you as this, this um, um, r- kind of rigid or uh, unvarying definition of who you are. What I like about this book is uh, I would encourage uh, listeners to to kind of explore and, and investigate uh, different modalities, different um, topics of interest, um, types of uh, spiritual um, techniques and paths as far as the awakening process. Do you... Uh, when when you work with people, do you get a sense that they're just trying to come out of the quagmire or are they trying to uh, more fully understand the intent of their soul or kind of a mix? Well, it depends. You know, I get a lot of people coming into the clinic who say things like, how come I always choose losers? And it must be a past life. And I say to them, not necessarily. It could be something you've learned in this life. Let's talk about the environment in which you grew up. Because if you grew up in in a family environment that didn't know how to be a partner, then that's what you learned in this life. But it may be past life, in which case we'll do past life regression and see if there's a pattern of you being used, abused, abandoned or whatever by partners uh, and not choosing well. And then, then we start once we do that and we find out what it is, why they always quote choose losers, um, then we do the work around their value system. As I said, I'm very pragmatic. I'm not woo-woo at all. It's a tool. So we, we do work around their value system and how to live their values and start choosing partners, and including friends and including career, that, this, that align with their value system because most people don't even think about that. By the way, that's also in the book on how to uh, find about your value system and, and make your relationships work. So it's important to know who you are around your values. What do you stand for? What's your identity? Um, what's your character? What's important to you? Because if you choose people and choose your job and choose your, you can't choose your relationships uh, and family, but you can choose how to interact with them. And if you, if kindness is one of your values, then you'll treat everybody the same, whether you like them or not, um, because that's you. It's not them, right? You're working with you. So the whole thing works around really what you stand for. And once you know that, then you're comfortable in your skin. And once you're comfortable in your skin, it's amazing how you attract like-minded people. So that's where we go with that one. The other thing that happens quite often is clients come in and they say things like, 
I don't know, I met this person and um, it's, it's my best friend's uh, brother-in-law and we were at a party and I don't know, there's something about him. I just makes my self cringe. And she said, and, and I'm going to, you know, be around him a lot. He's married and there's nothing like that, but there's just something about him. I don't know what it is. I just, when I get close to him to talk to, to have conversation, I just cringe. I want to back away. That is usually a past life. That is usually something that happened in a previous lifetime where uh, it was an unfortunate relationship there in some way, shape or form, either slavery or bondage or something or cruelty of some sort. Also, people come into the clinic often and say things like, um, my wife and I were on holiday in Greece and we visited this little village, which was lovely, but I knew my way around. I'd never been there before, ever. And I just knew where everything was. That, again, is a past life. So they want to explore that. So that's the type of of clients I get. I also get clients who want to know how to work better in teams and doing teamwork and things like that. But that's all about relationships. So, again, it's all covered in here. It's really uh, – I'm so proud of this book, actually, and the fact that I gathered and curated these wonderful people and it enables people to find uh, the reader to find out uh, their best self. I mean, what a, what a gift, you know? <laughs> I just, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, I, I'm not bragging. It just, it makes me a, a big smile from my heart that, that um, people can find out their best self. Isn't that, isn't that lovely? It is. And a big smile from your heart is never bragging. It's feeling it's feeling good. It's feeling good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now, there seems to be a, a real theme here that, I mean, a lot of times we can feel like um, we're a victim that that the the perpetrator, the abuser to us is the, quote, reason. I mean, you've really yeah. got to you've got to really uh face the facts, so to speak, or maybe another way to say it is to really own a hundred percent of your condition. That's not always obvious because a lot of times we're trained to, to see things as a, as a victim or that in, in other words, if we, if we've been taught to look at things at the surface level, like you were saying, if there's a past life tendency, mm-hmm. um, you're gonna you're gonna uh, you you talked about a client where how come I I always meet losers or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. That's an inside job. It's never about them, is it? Um, well, it's their choice. You know, we each of us meets hundreds of people a year. Who you choose out of those hundreds of people? you know, they go to parties and and like a heat-seeking missile, they'll go to that person (laughs) that they're attracted to who happens to be someone who treats people badly. Right. So it's it's something they have to readjust. It's a a, a readjustment, like what we call a trim tab. You have to readjust yourself. 
and get to an understanding of what it is attracts you. So again, back to your sense of values, back to your sense of who you are and what you stand for. And you know very quickly once you do that work. And that work is in the Third Circle Protocol book. Excuse me, I'm going to cough again. That, that um, sense of values and how to find your values and priorities for relationships and what you absolutely need, what you want, and what you're prepared to give to a relationship. That's in the Third Circle Protocol book. But to get back to self-discovery, you have to know yourself very well. What do you really want? What really makes your heart sing? What really um, is a safe place for you to fall? How would you feel when you feel safe with this person? And I'm not necessarily only talking about lovers or partners. I'm also talking about friends. I'm also talking about recognizing that in families too, because families are are messy at the best of times, but there's always one or two people in families that come through as a safe place to fall. Well, not always, but most often. Oh, well, not always, most often, but sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) In families. Um, (laughs) Well, there may be one. (laughs) Well, you've you've mentioned values a couple of times now. Mm. Can let we've got about ten minutes left. Uh, um, when we look at values, like uh, I don't know if values fits this category, but like say a a kid grows up and he's bullied his whole life, yeah. and and uh, now he's an adult and he becomes a cop and he's packing a pistol and he's got the law behind him and nobody's going to mess with him. Right. And and his value is to be in control because his childhood was totally out of control. Right. Is there such a thing as a like a a false value or a, a incongruent value? That's not a value. That's more of a survival tactic. Um, what do you know? What do you? I would say to him or her. What what do you stand for? What what do you represent as a human being? Never mind your uniform. What do you represent as a human being? What's your character? Because that's what we're looking at here. I like what that. Is, so, so, so when we talk about values, I mean, the, I guess, how would you define values? What do you stand for? Um, oh, okay, what, right. Yeah, so... so um, what do you look for in a good friend? Uh, confidentiality, uh, reliability, kindness, an open heart, um, um, the ability to listen, um, um, confidentiality, warmth, uh, love of the outdoors, love of music. All, it's a wide variety of things that matter to you as a human being, as the you, the human being in this life, in this body, what do you value that is important to you, um, that you want to live by? And you'll get that list, and there'll be eight or ten in that list. And when you move to a corporation, you'll look at their values, because most big corporations have a vision and value statement. And you'll see if their values match yours. And if they don't, 
then you won't take that job because you know you'll be unhappy there. It's the same with any relationships. If your value is one of, of respect, if you've got a value that's your, one of them is respect, and you meet someone who loves the gossip, you won't become friendly with them. You might, you might be friendly, but you won't be friends with them because you know that they don't follow your value of respect because people who have respect for themselves and each other don't gossip. You'll just know it. It's not a judgment thing. It just it, it's, it becomes the platform on which you stand. That's who you are. Is this making sense, Liz? Only when you talk. <laughs> it's made a lot of sense. Um, uh, you bring a lot to the table. You've, uh, I think, through the, your work with your clients over the years, you've you've seen these fundamental structures. Mm-hmm. Well, well, now I want to turn the lens and look at at you. So you've written this book, your guide to self discovery. Tell us about your other books. Okay. Uh, the one that um, I also love that, that I, I sent, and, and a lot of women's groups are using this book. It's called The Third Circle Protocol, and it's about relationships. So every interaction you have with anybody, whether it be you and I, Les, or we go to the supermarket and we're at the cashier's desk, it's a relationship. We have expectations of each other. You have expectations of the cashier and they have expectations of you, but they're unspoken contracts. So the first one is a relationship with yourself. And that's where we get into the values and your priorities. And then what you absolutely need bottom line with every relationship, what are the five or six things you need in any relationship? What do you want? What's nice to have? And what are you prepared to give? So that's the bedrock of all relationships, but with yourself too, because if you have um, values that you live by and you respect, if respect is one of them, you won't have trouble with overeating or treating your body badly because you respect yourself. You know, people say you've got to love yourself. I say, yes, you do have to love yourself, but you also have to respect yourself. So if respect is one of your values, then it will apply to everybody you interact with. And in this book, it talks about, first of all, you have to work with yourself for your relationship. And then the other chapters are relationships with your parents, your siblings, your in-laws, your ex, your teenage kids. Uh, Each one is a different chapter working about relationships, your employees or employer. So it goes, and and the the, um, professionals in your life. How do you handle those respectfully and how to make sure that they respect you, whether it be your doctor, your dentist, your hairdresser or whatever. So that's that book, The Third Circle Protocol. And women are using, women's groups are using it for self-esteem. And it seems to be doing quite well. It's a goodie. Yeah. The other one, my first book, the one that introduced me to Shirley MacLaine, um, was uh, Return Again, and it's about past life regression, how to find meaning in your past lives and your interlife. And in it is a script where you can take yourself, record it, and take yourself to meet your soul group. And that's called Return Again. So those are the three main books. 
and they're all on Amazon. And there, there are other small little books like Getting Beyond Stuck that I've written, but those are the three main books that are published by different publishers. So as far as your modality, um, are you taking on new clients? Are they in person? Are they over the internet? Tell us oh, about Oh, they're on Zoom. They're on Zoom. Everything is on Zoom now. I teach at the university. I teach uh, hypnosis uh, in uh, three semesters at the University of Toronto, continuing uh, studies. Um, and that's on Zoom. I see clients just two days a week now. I've cut back, so just two days a week on Zoom. Uh, what else do I do? Um, and I write. And I have a newsletter, so if anybody wants my newsletter, just contact us through the website, and we'll put you on the list for the newsletter. And the newsletter is fun, actually. I always have a, a, a small article from the experts and then some cartoons and some information, some general information, some interesting links to, to other people, ideas, um, whether it be YouTube or whatever. Uh, so yeah, yeah, lighthearted and easy. Uh, what else do I do? I, mean, I know I'm busy. I'm trying to think what else I do. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm busy. There must be. Yeah. <laughs> well, now share share your web page. It's uh, very easy. It's georginacannon.com www.georginacannon.com. Yes, I'm also on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, of course. But uh, it's best to go through the website, first of all. And then, um, and, and by the way, we answer every email, usually within 24 hours. Well, very nice. You know, an hour can go by pretty fast. Uh, and we've been talking about your book, The Guide to Self-Discovery. Do, mm -hmm. do you have any uh, closing thoughts for our audience? Yeah, I'd like people to remember how magnificent they are. I want people to remember that they, at, at the soul level, you are light. You are absolutely magnificent you're 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 um as, as someone once said to me in jerusalem it was an old 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 gentleman who's a, an ancient rabbi and he said to me we're all splinters of the gods all splinters of the creator so that is where you come from and if you realize that and, and you live up to it you can only live in smile. You are magnificent. Well, very nice. Georgina, I've I really enjoyed this episode. I want to thank you for being our guest tonight. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you. We've been talking with Georgina Cannon, and the topic tonight has been your guide to self-discovery. You know, there's always more to learn about yourself because your consciousness seeks to expand, seeks to learn, seeks to experience new and different things. If, if you're feeling stuck, it's only a waypoint. It's not the end of the road because there's always another moment, another chapter, another opportunity for you to show up in a new and exciting way. But what I really liked about tonight's episode is 
the idea of self-discovery. I mean, in in her her fabulous book, Your Guide to Self-Discovery: Twenty Ways to Find the True You. You know, I know you have a busy life, or I'm assuming you have a busy life, or you might not have a busy life at all, but take the time to look a little deeper within yourself. Take the time to um, uh, follow your curiosity. Sometimes we're curious about things for a reason. It's uh, Our curiosity can kind of be the... Um, the way our soul intends for us to learn or experience new things that will grow who we are. What I've really liked about this podcast over the years is just the many different ways people show up in their own life. I mean, we've we've just we've talked to such a a vast a variety of of people and and life paths and life journeys you know i can i can speak for myself i'm 63 and the last maybe year and a half to 2 years has kicked my ass in a <laughs> in a most wonderful way i feel like i'm i'm i, I don't know what to call it i'm a seasoned teenager <laughs> it's <laughs> i am I, uh i'm just genuinely happy every day I wake up. It's like I've got this whole day of opportunity in front of me. I have this whole day of new experiences. And and the more I, uh, how would you say it, um, the more I become aware of my heart's intention of the moment. It's kind of like Teaching your ego to slow down and listen in the most trivial context you can imagine. You're at the bookstore, you're at the bus stop, and maybe the uh, that's been a boring and mundane aspect of your life. But when you when you give your heart attention and your awareness, you can get these little. Uh, hits of, you know, go talk to that person or pet that dog or, you know, and you pet the dog and um, the dog owner comes over and whatever. Or <laughs> how many times have have you gone to take a road trip over the weekend? We're going to drive and uh, down and look at houses and you get in the car and you drive away and um on the way down, you you stop at a gas station and you meet somebody and they suggest something and the whole trip takes attention and you never end up actually going down to look at the houses, but you end up visiting a, a rolfer and having an episode with them and your your back problem is significantly improved. It, it's almost like our soul dangles carrots in front of our ego and the carrot looks enticing to the ego but the the story behind the carrot is a whole different narrative that we probably wouldn't choose on our own in other words if our soul said go take a rolfing session that uh, we might not be up for that um i guess i'm saying that um your soul is this multi-dimensional vast aspect of who you are, a non-linear 
um, persona intelligence, if you will. And if you just live in your ego all day long, it, it kind of pinches off the conscious awareness. It pinches off the, the, uh, the ability for your soul to inspire you to take tangents in new directions and opportunities. Uh, meditation can be a way to slow your your ego mind. Um, it's uh, I don't think life is ever intended to become stagnant or um, uh, dormant or docile. I mean, sure, there might be a, a chapter of rest or recuperation that doesn't have any agenda to speak of, but overall... You can, I don't think you can ever exhaust your your potential to explore and expand who you are. That's what I really liked about tonight's episode uh, with with her book and and kind of a uh, a diverse way to look at uh, new modalities or or new methods that might help you along your journey. I always like to seek out guests that bring you, the listener, more of an opportunity to discover who you are. You know, it, it's, uh, it's always a pleasure to spend this time with you. I want to thank you for, for listening tonight and showing up for yourself. Always a pleasure. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Les Jensen. You've been listening to a new human living broadcast. If you're a spiritual seeker, you're going to eventually bump up against your relationship with God, especially if you grew up in some of the more classic Western religions. Forgiven Sinner, God's Last Savior, is a spiritual book written for spiritual seekers to help them heal their relationship with God and more fully embody their own life purpose. Forgiven Sinner, God's Last Savior. Get your copy. I'm your host, Les Jensen. Thanks for listening. Until next time.